Welcome back to the nationally syndicated Price of Business Show. I'm your host, Kevin Price, talking to you about you and your business. Michael Neuenschwander, he's a regular on the Price of Business Show. He's with Outlook Wealth. And really, he's one of my favorite recurring guests because of this very unique approach to wealth management. So many people take a piecemeal approach. Uh, so many people on the advisor front want to handle one aspect, when really a holistic approach is what's called for. Uh, Michael, welcome to the program. Talk about that, that rubber meets the road approach that your, your firm takes. Talk about what it means to be holistic in your approach and, and, and kind of uh, ex, you know, tell us what the firm is all about before we get into our topic, which is really important, uh, particularly at the beginning of the year. Oh, absolutely, Kevin. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me on. So at uh, Outlook Wealth, we are, as you mentioned, a, a holistic, a comprehensive financial advisory firm. Uh, but first and foremost, I mean, we're also fiduciaries, which means to put it in a simple, simple way of looking at it, our job is always to do what's best for the families we work with, you know, whether that happens to be investments, whether that happens to be tax planning, or some of the things we're going to touch on today that really come back to you know, uh, budgeting, putting cash to work, things that we may, as a business and as individually, we don't benefit at all from, but it's the right advice for the client. And so taking that comprehensive view of making sure the health care issues are addressed, the taxes, the income, and the investments is kind of what makes us unique you know, in, the, in the industry, I think, and uh, really uh, why we love working with clients is making the, kind of seeing the progress and uh, seeing them succeed. Yep, you're very passionate about that. And I think that holistic approach, seeing it's not just taxes, but also investing, not just investing, but healthcare, et cetera, you see things in the different parts that complement the other parts. You know, we, I interviewed you uh, about, uh, you know, how tax planning looks like, and I've interviewed some of the top CPAs in the country, uh, including Robert Kiyosaki's uh, CPA. He's been on my show several times. And this isn't to disrespect him, but you said things in that interview that I never heard from him when it came to tax planning. And the reason why is he's a CPA, he doesn't have that holistic approach that you bring. It blew my mind, frankly. And I've interviewed very big names in this space. And so that's one of the reasons why I always get excited having you on. Okay. We can go on and on about how great you are. We have this, uh, you know, uh, I have this uh, appreciation society for your firm. But let's get into a topic today that's really important. Let's talk about what do we do to get on the right footing for 2023 when it comes to your investments, your money, all the things you've already laid out. Absolutely. So what, one of the first things, and you know, it's the old adage, you know, cash is king, but you know, that last year should sort of remind us of that. And as we look into 2023 and kind of look at what the uh, outlook for the economy may be, but as a quick recap, of course, you know, the market was down 18% last year, bonds were down 14%, but interest rates are up. So the reality is even cash, you know, call it the lazy money people have sitting around, you know, that can be in earning four, almost 5%, you know, at today's rates. And so building up that emergency fund, you know, not just getting it to work, but making sure that, you know, hey, as you know, many things are calling for maybe a rough year for the economy or at least some type of recession, the only question is how bad does it get? So in one sense, you know, cash is king. Build up that emergency fund. Make sure you've got a good handle on uh, on expenses, you know, to go with it. So that's kind of the tip, tip number one. Um, second, you know, ties right into it, though, is evaluating risk. You know, as we look and say, uh, 
you know, for this year, frankly, you know, not to give too much specific advice, obviously on a on a general, you know, <laughs> a general show here, but it says bonds will likely have a decent year this year, and uh, and adjusted for taxes will, I mean, adjusted for risk, potentially be a better place than stock. You know, while the while the Fed's still raising rates, they're not raising them four plus percent like they did last year. And so we're beginning to see some pockets of opportunity, not just on bonds, some international investing as well. But again, each individual needs to evaluate the risk, you know, to go with it. Then, yeah, one of the other. Yeah, and by the way, I, you know, before you continue with other uh, other steps, you know, it's interesting when you look at the history of these bad periods. Uh, I think of two thousand eight, two thousand nine. That was a lot of fun, wasn't it? Um, you know, when these kind of things happen, uh, it's interesting to see how there's a lot of pent up activity dying to happen. And, uh, ironically, it becomes a, a really rough period when it even just has a semblance of normalcy, uh, becomes pretty hot economic activity wise. Yeah, and and like I said, in terms of pockets of opportunity, again, not a not a direct uh, recommendation, but we kind of look and say, while we have some challenges, you know, here in the U.S., obviously ahead of us, uh, China's just now opening up. So if we think about where we were, you know, in 2021, coming out of the pandemic, well, in one sense, you know, Asia is just kind of getting there. So we we are seeing some opportunity, but it doesn't mean it's going to be a smooth ride. So in essence. Uh, evaluate risk if you're going to do it maybe fasten your seatbelt, so to speak and uh, you'll probably come through in the long run just fine but it, it may not be a smooth ride yeah very good makes a lot of sense what else have you, what else do you have on, my, on your mind you know one of the other you know big things is you know evaluating those big ticket you know purchases so let's use cars as an example so we're beginning to see some of the price pressures and the in the supply chain issues that were in the auto industry sort of relax and so there's beginning to be more inventory a little more uh, ability to negotiate you know with dealers which is something you hadn't been able to do with the last you know two plus years um, but at the same time, to say, if we're heading into uh, you know, a, a recession, is this necessarily the time to go buy the luxury automobile if you don't have to? So, again, evaluate kind of your personal business and, and income uh, scenario. But in many ways, it goes back to number one of potentially hoarding cash, building that emergency fund. Don't make giant expenditures you know, unless you're really certain you're going to be in a good financial position you know, six, nine, 12 months from now you know, to be able to sustain it. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. What do you think before you go on, just as an aside, mm-hmm. we don't have time to go into it in any depth. Uh, do you, are you optimistic about the recession either not really happening or being mild if it does in light of some of the other numbers we see? Um, we're, you know, with what we're seeing on the inflation front, meaning inflation, while it's still there, has been easing from its highs the last several months. The Fed is still going to stick with raising rates, but most expectations are that those are going to be in the 0.25 range, you know, for the next couple of meetings. And so with that, there is beginning to be some optimism in the sense of, we're going to have a recession, but might they pull it off? Might it be relatively mild? So not like a 2008 or a 2001. And so, frankly, that's a little bit why the markets had a good couple of weeks. But you know, that's where I caution people. We're, we're a couple of weeks into January. we got 11 and a half months to go. So don't get, <laughs> don't get overly uh, aggressive on things based on a short-term uh, bump on, on the, what the uh, market's doing. That sounds very wise. What what else do you have? 
So the couple other things for people to consider um, with the inflation, um, the contribution rates to 401ks, IRAs, all of those went up for 2023. So if your strategy has been trying to max out what you can save and put away for retirement, make sure you've changed your percentages because 401ks got a bump of about $2,500 additional you can put in this year versus last year. Regular IRAs, Roth IRAs, those both got a bump of either 500 or 1,000 depending on your age. So Again, if you're putting in 10%, let's say, of your pay, and, well, maybe you need to put in 11 if possible, you know, whatever you may need to do to make sure you're hitting that max, if that's your goal. And, of course, at this time of year, when that unique spot, you can still make contributions for 2022 that can impact your tax return. So if you're doing some tax planning, make sure you're taking advantage of everything you still can, you know, for last year, because you, you still got a little window where you can make some changes for 2022. Yeah, very good, very good. Take advantage of that. So is that increase, is that permanent, or was that done momentarily because of what was going on with COVID? I don't recall them ever reducing those once they've instituted those. I, I can't think of a time. Correct. Those are largely inflation-adjusted, you know, numbers. So there's no uh, no expectation those will go back down. So that those will be permanently higher contribution rates. Uh, the other thing, talking of things of not going down, though, the last uh, thing we want to touch on is still taking a, a what we call a long-term view of taxes, meaning. With the bills they passed right before Christmas that did change some of these numbers and change the required distribution age even, uh, there was no mention and there's no likelihood of them extending you know, the lower tax rates we're in now. So what that means as a quick reminder is come 2026, across the board, the average tax rate goes up almost 20%. So it says we've got into 22, you still do some moves there. But really, 23, 24, and 25. So as individuals and business owners look at their tax, uh, you know, what their taxes today are, what their likely income or what their plan is over the next several years, there may be some things you want to do to say, can I make some adjustments today to head off that bump in tax rates? Because the, all along that the lower tax rates we're enjoying now have always been temporary. And well, end, of, end of 2025 is the end of the line, so to speak. And uh, in, the, in the history of the IRS, they have never extended you know, a deadline when tax rates were supposed to increase. So we got a, a few more years to take advantage of it. You know, whenever you say that, what you've said often, it always makes me depressed, Michael. But anyway, Michael <laughs> Neuenschwinder, always love having you on the program. I'm always a little smarter at the end. Uh, I always have something at the end where I say, I didn't know that. And, you know, I've been doing this. I've been doing business talk radio for over 20 years. And it's uh, interviewed the business, biggest names in business. And uh, I'm always surprised how much more I, le I learn every time you're with me. Thanks so much. Outlookwealth.com. That's outlookwealth.com. If you really want a comprehensive and I think uh, truly holistic approach to managing your money, I, I think it's a great place to look. Thanks for being with us, sir. Thank you, Kevin. Always glad to be on the show. Yeah, I love it. Thank you. I am Kevin Price. This is The Price of Business. Stay tuned for more.